What happens when God's people work? That's what I've entitled the message from the Word of the Lord to us today. We're continuing in in our series on the book of Nehemiah. And you know what I've discovered in life? Discouragement is one of the best tools the devil uses in our lives. And I wonder if you've ever got discouraged in God's work. Sometimes you've got involved, you've got discouraged, and you just want to give up. And as you sit here today, you're down. As you sit at home and watch this, you're discouraged about the Christian life. And, and maybe you've got little determination to go on. That's exactly how the people felt in Nehemiah's day. They wanted to start hard work for God, and then all of a sudden, a whole lot of problems occurred. We've seen Nehemiah living in Iraq, a senior government official who prayed a wonderful prayer. And we saw a prayer pattern which started with worship and then went on to intercession and confession and reminding God of his promises and handing it over to God and then coming in humility and finally bringing his petition to the Lord. Now in the intervening chapter, Nehemiah has gone back to Jerusalem and oh, with a whole lot of supplies to build the walls of Jerusalem. God has answered Nehemiah's prayer in a wonderful way. And it's had an incredible outcome. He's gone with loads of supplies and people to help him. And I was so encouraged uh, by the outcome of the message two weeks ago as the elders called Connect Church to Prayer. And on Tuesday evening, this past Tuesday evening, we had a very well supported and wonderfully positive prayer time together. Now, I want to urge you to come to the prayer meetings on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. It is God's tool to break discouragement. Today we're going to move on into chapter 3 and 4. And I'm leaving out a whole lot of chapter 3 because it's a whole lot of not so easy to read names. But these chapters contain some important lessons for us as we are working for the Lord. Now, I would just want to say to you, this message isn't an easy message for me to preach, and it's not my intention anyway to dig at any person or grouping. And if you read that into what I am going to say, that I am in some way subtly digging at anyone or any group, you're missing the reality of what happened back at Jerusalem and the application of this passage of Scripture. So, always apply the Word of God to your own heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you in whatever way He reveals Himself to you. So, firstly today, the people's involvement. The people's involvement. Now, if you were to take a map of ancient Jerusalem and trace around it, you would see right around the city different people built different parts of the broken down wall. All the people of God were involved in rebuilding the wall. And that's the, the first sub point I want to make. Everyone was involved in this involvement. And I, it is always the Holy Spirit's plan for the whole church to be involved in the life of the church. Everyone, everyone, that includes you, is meant to be involved in the church. The picture of the church in the New Testament is like a human body. And even if you feel you just like 
the small toe. You're an important part of bringing balance to the body. Have your small toe amputated and you'll find you don't walk with balance. So now with that, let's uh, uh, look at Nehemiah chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. And that's the only verses I'm reading out of this and you'll get the theme of it very quickly. Eliashib the high priest and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hanano. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zachar, son of Imri, built next to them. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hassanah. They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Merimoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakos, repaired the next section. Next to him was Meshalem, son of Berechiah, the son of Meshazabel, I told you they were difficult words, made repairs. And next to him, Zadok, son of Barna, also made repairs. The next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa. But their nobles would not put their shoulders to work. Just those first uh, five verses of chapter 3. And, and you'll see in verse 1, the high priest, wow, that's your chief religious leader of the day. Other priests, verse 1 and 22, refer to them. The goldsmiths, the perfume makers, verse 8. The rulers were there rebuilding, verses 12, 26, and 27. The leaders were involved. The merchants, verses 32, from different towns and people from distant, different districts, verse 14 helped. So there were people involved from all walks of life, all trades, no excuses. There was none of this stuff, well, I'm sorry, I cannot build, what about my business or my work? Everyone. Uh, and it seems from the scriptures, men, women, children, everyone was building together. All the people were involved working together to build the wall. Wow, that's a great picture of the church, isn't it? Just how the Holy Spirit brings God's people together to do God's work. Remember what we saw about Nehemiah. We saw he is a picture of the Holy Spirit. He is a type. He's a, an Old Testament illustration of what the Holy Spirit does. Nehemiah gets all these people involved. And that's what the Spirit of God does. He brings people together to work together to build the kingdom of God. How about you in the church? What's your involvement? Or do you just come to church, sit, go home, come back next week? Uh, or maybe say, you know, I haven't really got the ability or the time or the interest or I don't like this style or that style, so I'm not getting involved. Um, Nehemiah actually faced this, I don't want to get involved problem. Uh, I read that verse, Nehemiah 3 verse 5. The next, next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa. But their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. S some of the nobles thought the work was too undignified for their high position. They didn't have the vision for God's work. But interestingly, still their people were involved. 
And in verse 5 and in verse 27, it indicates that the people of Tekoa did a double share of the work, despite their dissenting nobles. Everyone was involved. So what principle do we draw out of that? Well, it's this. God is very interested in your involvement. You see, there's something else here that verse uh, chapter 3 sorry, teaches. When people get involved, God takes an intense and definite interest in the work of his people. It may be a small job you do, but they're all listed here. God knows. God knows all our work for him. When you get involved, then God knows about it. The Holy Spirit actually lists every name. You may think what you're doing is very insignificant. It is not insignificant. God has got the work you do for him all listed. That's the first point I wanted to see uh, today. The people's involvement. Everyone was involved. But secondly, moving on to a little more difficult issue to tackle, the people's conflict. The people's conflict, believe it or not, they had conflict and loads of it. Now we move on to Nehemiah chapter 4 and verses 1 to 5 and 7 to 9. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? Tobiah, the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What are they building? <laughs> if even a fox climbed up on it, he would break down their wall of stones. Hear us, O God! For we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sights. For they have thrown insults in the face of your builders. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites and the men of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Now, there were two issues in these verses that the people were facing. There is conflict amongst them, and there is rubble from the old walls. Conflict and rubble. In God's work, there is conflict from time to time. As soon as we move into chapter 4, we see there's conflict, there's opposition, there's ridicule. In fact, here in this chapter, there's a significant tension with even mocking, you know, a fox would break that down, and insults. 
And, and here's this guy, Sanballat, and he's angry. And he says in verse 11, uh, also our enemy said, before they know it or see us, we will bring, we will be right there amongst them. And notice these terrible words in verse 11, and will kill them and put an end to the work. Wow. Talk about an axe to grind against God's work. One finds this comment totally shocking. There were people who wanted to literally kill others for doing God's work. Talk about deep-seated conflict. Sanballat couldn't take what was going on in the rebuilding of God's work and wanted to do everything he could to destroy the work of God. That's tragic and even horrific. Now, Connect Church, listen carefully to me again. I'm not liking this to any one grouping in the church, to those in opposition to any other group in the church. But Connect Church is experiencing some conflict. And we must be so careful that that conflict doesn't turn into outright anger like with Sanballat and Takaya and that it becomes a terrible conundrum of bitterness that grows in a person's heart. Church, be careful that the conflict doesn't become anger and the anger become bitterness. My take on the situation of the conflict in the church is that there's been a division in this church for a long time, over two or three issues. And what happened at the church special general meeting is that that division was made clearly manifest. It is as if there's been a saw full, filling up with pus over the years with more than one issue. And at the SGM, that saw was lanced and opened and all the pus started to come out. And you know what? Ask a doctor. When you lance a saw and the pus comes out, wonderful healing can take place. Once that pus is out, healing can come. And I am very hopeful that God is busy removing all those hurts and that pus and matters are out in the open. The conflict is out. We, we know what it's all over. Now's the time for healing to start. Amen to that. But conflict by bitter people can also become very destructive. In Jerusalem's walls being rebuilt, it went so far as to one side considering murder. I've already highlighted that, verse 11. So in Jerusalem, you have two really angry people, but then notice what happens. There's suddenly an increase in opposition and conflict. It started small, but grew. It's no, no longer just Sanballa and Tobiah. Verse 7 tells us they've gone out and garnered more support. So now there is also the Arabs, Ammonites, and the men of Ashdod. Let's just look at verse 7 through 9. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, 
and the men of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. Now hear me. I'm not saying anyone in Connect Church who disagrees with leadership or with one group or another group are likened to those opposed to building the walls who are plotting evil and death. No, no, no. But I am saying that it is scary to see how quickly division and contention can grow and cause horrible conflict. So, if you're angry and negative about something in the church, then talk it out. Work it out with others. But don't fall into the easy trap of becoming destructive like these guys in Nehemiah's times. We all love the Lord here and ultimately want the best for the church. But let's not allow somehow the devil to come in and drive us all further apart. On a separate note, I've also found that when you start to really grow and go places in your personal Christian life, then very often the devil will oppose that and there'll be laughter and mocking from friends and family There'll be trouble and opposition. I remember at high school facing a whole lot of mocking. I got nicknamed Crazy John because I was clear about my testimony. Satan will use people to get you down. Possibly even those closest to you, your family and friends. They'll come and tell you, you're getting too carried away with this Christian thing that you got into. The conflict can be so destructive. In God's work, there is conflict from time to time. But the next point, the solution to conflict is what? Prayer. The solution to conflict is prayer. What did Nehemiah do when there was opposition? He prayed. Nehemiah 4, verse 4 and 9. Hear us, O our God, for we are despised. Turn the insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Verse 9. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Nehemiah did not give up. Notice Nehemiah did not fight back or retaliate. He prayed. When things started to go wrong, Nehemiah didn't throw in the towel. He prayed. Have you done that? Or have you given up instead? Pray, I urge you, if you have any anger or any bitterness toward anyone here, to come to the Tuesday evening evening prayer meetings and pray with others in prayer before the Lord. So much of the dissension and conflict can be dissipated as God works in our hearts and heart reconciliation can occur. Connect church, come and pray together. Come together with whatever views you have. Come together and pray together. For me, the extent to which you come to the prayer times together will be an indication as to what degree you want the conflict resolved. You are the body 
Let's not talk about sides. Come with whatever feelings you may have so your hearts can be reconciled as the Holy Spirit brings unity. Second point then, the people's conflict, which related to dissension. Earlier I said there there were two issues that they were facing. That was conflict and rubble. Now in the third point, we're going to look at this issue of rubble, which led to discouragement. So we've seen the people's involvement. We've seen the people's uh, contentions or conflict. And now we're going to see, thirdly, the people's discouragement. Nehemiah 4, verse 10 through 15. This is all about the rubble, not about the conflict. The, The walls that were all broken down in the rubble. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, The strength of our laborers is giving out. There is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemies said, before they know it or see it, we'll be right there among them and kill them and put an end to the work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I stationed some people behind the lowest points of the wall, at the exposed places, Posting them by families. You see, families are involved. Boys, girls, children, teenagers, young adults, older men, retired men, ladies. They were there with their swords and spears and bows, verse 13 tells us. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the law who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it all, we all returned to the wall, each to his own work. Now, under this whole point of the people's discouragement, we see that they were running out of strength. They were running out of strength. Meanwhile, the people's strength was fading. There was just so much rubble. It had been burnt. It had been broken down. The huge big stones and boulders and maybe been split and and trees and stuff had grown up in between all of this. And they said we can't continue. They were just so discouraged about God's work that they wanted to give up. Have you ever felt like that? I have. Let me tell you where that discouragement comes from. Satan himself. God never discourages us. In fact, the Holy Spirit is an encourager. Remember the word? Nehemiah, Nehemiah, the Lord, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. The the people said, can't you see this rubble is so decayed? There's no question we can't rebuild. And a lot of people give up on God's work saying it can't be done. In the church, there's often a lot of stuff or the language in the language of building the walls, a lot of rubble from broken down walls. It discourages us. But Nehemiah encourages the people to remove the rubble and then the walls can be built. The church can go forward. Yeah. Removing rubble can slow us down. But don't get discouraged, Connect Church. With God's help, the rubble will go. 
and be repurposed into wonderful stones and a solid wall. Yes, Satan may come in and capitalize on our conflicts and bring discouragement, but God's work will go on. Because remember, it's not your work, it's God's work. And let me add, if you're facing a personal life challenge, then maybe you need to deal with some rubble and stuff in your own life to move forward out of discouragement and out of spiritual dryness. They were running out of strength. But also I noticed there were many bad news people. <laughs> there were many bad news people. There was another source of discouragement, not just rubble. Verse 12 of chapter 4 tells us, Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us, Ten times over, over and wherever you turn, they will attack us. Can you imagine hearing that? Ten times. Wherever you turn, the people will be there to attack. Yes, whenever you, wherever you return, turn to, there will be an attack. Right there amongst the Christians of the day, there were people who were negative and will say, can't be done. Connect church, of course. There are people who are going to say, you know what? Connect church will never resolve its difficulties. Those bad news people have been around a long time. But then, not just the bad news, but look at this. I love this. There was the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. Remember Nehemiah's the picture of how the Holy Spirit works? Well, what did Nehemiah do? He leads them in a time of discouragement. He got up and said in verse 11, what a wonderful scripture. Look at it. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Nehemiah counsels and comforts him. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Remember God's power. Focus on him. He's great. He'll fight for us. He is all powerful. Isn't that what the Holy Spirit says to us? When things are going wrong, don't be afraid. Remember God's power. He's great. Nehemiah was just like the Holy Spirit. He counseled people. He revealed God to them. And through that, he strengthened them. And oh, my brothers and sisters, we have a counselor to be with us forever. One promised by Jesus. And Ephesians 3.16 says, Out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. When you're discouraged, run to God's Spirit, ask for help, His counsel, His comfort, His strengthening, His courage. And so, don't be afraid, church. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. Focus on God, who is great and awesome. Nehemiah sees the discouragement and the depression and the fear in the people because of the conflict and the rubble. But he says, get your eyes off that. Focus on God, who's great and awesome. Come to the prayer times on Tuesday. Let's focus on the Lord, our wonderful, sovereign Lord, who allows the traumas that the wall builders faced. And guess what? Out of that wall, out of those walls, came a wonderful wall, which is still in place today in large part. God, who is great and awesome, 
will build a mighty church out of this situation and bring hope and healing. Amen to that. Connect Church, I want to say to you, there is an abundance of opportunity ahead. And the sound of an abundance of the rain of God's blessing and His Spirit over Connect Church. Amen? Amen. Father, we look to you when we see our traumas, our conflicts, our difficulties, the rubble we face. Oh, Lord, we look to you that you, great and awesome God, would help us focus on you and come before you so that we might pray and seek your face together. One people, one voice, one mind, one attitude. Oh God, grant that today, I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.